Thanks for tuning in to the Crew at UGA podcast. We are so glad to have you with us. Crew exists to call students to know God, grow in their faith, and go to the world. If you would like to get more connected with Crew at UGA, or if we can help you in any way at all, go to the show notes and click on the link, or follow us on Instagram at Crew at UGA. All right, let's get started. But talk to Michael and myself. All right. So, all right, all right, resume story. Okay, so Sherlock Holmes and Watson, they go on a camping trip. All right, so they go out in the woods, and, uh, you know, they, they set up their fire, they pitch their tents, and they're sitting there, and they're having a good time. They eat a nice meal. This is a bougie camping trip, all right? Not like the crew one, but this is a bougie camping trip. They eat a nice meal. Um, maybe at the end of the night, they have a glass of wine and go to sleep, all right? In the middle of the night, uh, uh, Holmes wakes up and says, Watson, 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 wake up, tell me what you see. Watson's like, oh, I, I see stars and stars and stars. And Holmes's like, well, Watson, what can you deduce from that? And Watson's like, well, astronomically, I can tell you that there's millions and millions of galaxies and probably billions and billions of stars. He says, horologically, I can tell you that it's probably about 3.30 in the morning. All right. Meteorologically, I can tell you that tomorrow's going to be a gorgeous day. And lastly, he says, theologically, I can tell you that whoever, whatever created this is an extremely powerful being. Holmes looks over at Watson and is like, Watson, you idiot, somebody's stolen our tent. All right? All right? And so why do I say that story? Why do I start off with that? Well, before we even start talking about what is disciple, I want to I I make you think, I want to ask a question, why does it matter at all? Why, why does any of this matter? All right? Um, basically, I don't want us to miss the big story, okay? There's a guy named Clive Staples Lewis. Anybody know him? Anybody know C.S. Lewis? It's the same person. All right. Um, so C.S. Lewis was a famous, famous, uh, we, you know, he wrote this thing called the Chronicles of Narnia, but he also, yeah, all right. Um, yes, yes, yes. But he also was much more than that, okay? He was a famous, famous uh, thinker, Christian thinker. They call him an apologist. He's a philosopher. He wrote a lot about Christianity, okay, and, and addressing atheism and all that. He wrote a book called Mere Christianity. But C.S. Lewis said this, all right? He said, if Christianity is false, well, then it's of no importance at all. No importance at all. He said, if it is true, it's of infinite importance, he said, the one thing that it cannot be, the one thing that it cannot be is moderately important. All right? So if it's true, infinite importance. If it's false, no importance at all. But the one thing it cannot be is moderately important. All right? So let me explain that. So if, what he's saying, if Christianity is false, if there is, no, you can put that up if you want to. Yeah, that'd be great. I was thinking of putting that up at the end, but it's great to do it now. Um, yeah, so if it's false, basically... Nothing matters at all. We're, we got no more value than a bunch of rocks or a, a, a group of gnats, all right, if it's false. There's a guy named Richard Dawkins. He's a famous atheist, famous biologist. And he says, DNA neither knows nor cares. DNA just is, and we dance to its music, all right? This is this guy, atheist, who says there's no purpose. So if that's the case, morality is a delusion. Love is a delusion. Objective purpose is a delusion. And that's what Lewis is saying, like, hey, if it's false, then it's not important at all. All right. On the other hand, if it's true, if Christianity is true, if we can trust the Bible, if Jesus rose from the dead, then there are radical implications 
Okay, there are radical implications because there are commands in Scripture. And this means that there is a God, and God did create humanity with a purpose, which means he create, created you with a purpose. And that makes us ask, like, why in the world am I alive? Why am I at UGA? There's got to be something bigger, right? And so what he said, the third thing, though, he said, it can't be moderately imp- important, which means we can't have one foot in the world and one foot out of the world with God saying, hey, you know, God, I, I like the fact that you give us value and morals, but I also, I don't really want to think you're God. And, you know, he said, you, you can't do that. He said, if you do that, you're living a lie. All right, so I want you to, this is just prefacing, saying, ah, I see now why it's important. So the question is, is it true or not? Now, as much as I'd love to talk about that, I would love to talk about that up here. That's not the point of this talk. All right, so if this is something you really want to think about, please come talk to me. Talk to one of the staff, but I'm kind of, I want you to talk to me because I like talking about it. Um, come talk to me, and, um, and we'll, we'll have a great time with, with doing that because there's, there's a lot of evidences that I would love to, to point out. All right, um, so today we're going to assume that it's true, and we're going to move forward from there. All right, we're going to assume that it's true, and we're we'll look at the question of what is a disciple, um, and why this? Everybody turn to Matthew 28, or pull it up on your phone, or look up here. Um, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now, this is a very famous, if you're a Christian, you know, this is a pretty famous verse. If you're non-Christian, you may have heard this. It's called the Great Commission. Let me give a little bit of context to what this is. All right? So this was, there's this dude named Jesus, if you hadn't heard of him. There's a dude named Jesus, and uh, he came to earth. We think he was fully man and fully God. All right? And then ultimately Jesus ended up dying on a cross, and then everybody was like, oh no, like this guy was supposed to just change everything, but he died on a cross, and the people, all his followers were crushed. But then guess what? Three days later, what happened? He rose again, all right, and he, was a, he walked the earth after that for 40 days, all right? And so this passage takes place during that 40 days, all right? Right before he went, right at the end of the 40 days, right before he went back up. And so what makes this so important if you knew that you were about to go for a long, 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 long time and you had one more thing that you wanted to say to the people who followed you the closest, what you said would probably be pretty important, okay? Probably wouldn't be flipping through TikTok or whatever um, right before you did that. So this is why it's so important. And so what he says is, let's just read it. Then the 11 disciples, there was a 12th. He went his own way. We can talk about him later. All right, 12, 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. That's another interesting thing to talk about. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Okay, so right there, look in verse 19. Therefore, go and make what? Okay, all right, disciples. All right, now, the cool thing is when you start looking into this or when when people do, like, homicide detective stuff, they start asking, what could he have said? When you start hearing witnesses, they don't just focus on what they said. They say, well, what could he have said? So he could have said, hey, go and make Christians, right? Go and make believers. Go and make converts. He could have said, hey, go and get people to church, right? But he didn't. He said, go and make disciples. So that's a very crucial word to think about, right? The question to ask then is, did the Hebrew culture, all this was written in the Hebrew to to Hebrew guys, in a sense, did they see that word the same way we see that word now? 
When they heard, oh, I need to go make a disciple, do they think the same thing we said? To them, it was a little bit deeper than, let me go to Jittery Joe's with my journal, right? Sitting there, we'll talk about boyfriend, girlfriend stuff over a PSL. Yeah, y'all, yeah, I knew what that was, right? For those of y'all who don't know, that's a pumpkin spice latte. All right. Um, all right. So it's a little bit deeper than that. I'm not saying it's not that. It is partly that, but it's deeper than that. So let's look into it. All right. So when we were in school, when we were in school, most of us went, you know, we started in kindergarten. If you're super special, you started in pre-K. But most of us started in kindergarten and went up K through 12. Then you get out of K through 12. It's pretty standard now to go to college, whether it's tech school or four-year or whatever. It's pretty standard. Some, not everybody, but most people do. But regardless, everybody goes through K through 12. That's just normal. Well, in the Hebrew culture, it was a little different. All right? First of all, it was only boys. Only boys. Then what it was, imagine it was kind of like three levels. And so the first level, the first house is what they called it, was guys who were 6 to 10 years old. 6 to 10 years old. And so every little Hebrew boy went from 6 to 10, and they learned, and they basically memorized the first five books of the Old Testament. And that's what they did. They learned it. And, um, and then if you were really smart in that, you went up to the second house. But I would say the majority of them at 10 years old, they dropped out, and they went and learned a trade from their dad. Right? There were a lot more tradesmen. But if you were at the top of the top, you went to the second school. And then if you were at the top of the top there, you went to the third school. And at this time, you're being taught, the whole time you're being taught by a guy that's called a rabbi. Okay, y'all have heard this term before, maybe? A rabbi. He's the teacher. He's the big wig dude. And so at this third level, the, the rabbis are kind of sitting around like NFL scouts. And they're like, who's the smart one? Like, who, who, who can write well? Who can read well? Who can, who can communicate well? Who is determined? And they're sitting around in this third level, and they're watching. And so here's where the disciple, the word disciple is really interesting so imagine you got this little guy named Eli. Well, he's in his third level, and, and Eli goes home to his parents, to his Hebrew parents, and they're sitting at the house. He's just finished his third level. And Eli's sitting there having a good meal with his parents. The most honorable thing ever that they wish would happen is that we'll call him Rabbi John. Rabbi John comes, and they hear a knock on their door, and they go and get, and, and Rabbi John's standing there. And Rabbi John says, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Eli's parents, um, hey, your son, I've been watching him. I, I, I like what he's doing. Listen, I, it would be an, I want him to come follow me. I want him to come be my disciple. All right, the most honorable thing they could imagine. And so little, little Eli, I mean, at this time he's an older guy, but Eli goes, takes his stuff, and he goes and literally follows Rabbi John. And then for the next 30 and 40 years, 30 to 40 years, Little Eli is learning and following and living life with the rabbi. So that hopefully after 40 years, then he will become a rabbi and he will start the process all over. So when you look at this, well, what was there? When you look at that, that's the context that they were thinking when he says, go and make disciples. Now, the cool thing is Jesus takes this and flips it on his head because he didn't follow. He didn't look for the most astute. He didn't look for the most educated. He looked for the most committed in their heart, right? The fishermen. The people who said, I'm dropping my nets and I'm going. So there's a little difference there, but that's the idea of a disciple. Um, so to summarize what I just said, now we've moved from a passive believer to an active follower. Okay, if you want to write something down, that's a good thing to write down. Okay, from a passive believer to an active follower, someone who lives to learn and learns to live. Um, 
so it's funny because we don't really have a term for a disciple now. Like, even if we say follower, what do we think of now? Insta, all right? Insta. All right, but it's not the same type of thing. It's a different type of follower, okay? What we, what, what we, need, we need to understand this because this changes everything, all right? So based on this, think about the Jittery Joes thing again. It's a lot deeper than just accumulation of knowledge and truth, right? That's part of it, but it's so much more than that. And so I want you to sit there and ask yourself, it's like, man, what does it mean for me to be a disciple? Not of the human being who's discipling me, but of God, because that's what ultimately all this is going to, is how can we be a disciple of Jesus, okay? All right, let's move on. Um, one last thing. It's kind of funny. So the word Christian and disciple used to almost be synonymous. Like, to be a Christian means you were a disciple, all right? Now we've kind of got this separate thing where you can kind of be a nominal Christian. You can accept the name of it, but I don't really have to do the disciple thing. I don't really have to do this. And you know what has happened with this is this is, has affected the name of Christianity so much throughout the, 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 the centuries and in the past. Because you've got all these people claiming to be Christians that go around and do all these things. And you're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a Christian. All right, prime example. There's a guy named Mahatma Gandhi. Anybody heard of Gandhi? All right, Gandhi's an Indian guy. He was like a super um, all into nonviolence. Like that was his thing, nonviolence. He did a lot of political reform. Gandhi was just one of the top of the top guys. Well, Gandhi carried around a New Testament in his front pocket. A lot of people didn't know that. And he said, he was famous for saying this, I like your Christian. I mean, I like your Christ. I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christian. I don't understand your Christian. And what he's saying is they claim to follow this Christ, but they look nothing like him. Now, I'm not saying we're supposed to be perfect, but the idea is to be a disciple, to be a Christian is to be a disciple of Christ. And you, we, we just talked about what that means. All right? So let's move on. Can you pull that, uh, the Great Commission back up, please? We'll break this down a little bit more. All right? When I realized this part, it, it kind of transformed the way I see this. Because when we think about the Great Commission, we think about verse 19 there. It says, therefore, go. And we talk about international missions. And then if we don't want to focus on that part, we focus on make disciples of all nations. But we skip verse 18, all right? So it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Therefore, go and make disciples. You see at the beginning of 19, it says, therefore. Everybody say, therefore. therefore. One more time, therefore. therefore. All right. A guy told me, anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, what do you ask? What is it there for? All right. All right, y'all are going to remember that forever, all right? Um, so, therefore, so you look back, look at the beginning. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. What in the world does that even mean? All right, what this is, what this Great Commission is, is a process of authority transfer. This is authority of Jesus going into his disciples. Let me give you an example. So, the three years before I went on staff here, the past three years, I lived in Haiti for the most part of it, all right? And while I was in Haiti... Uh, there was this doctor, American doctor, who had been down there for 30 years or so. I mean, super awesome dude. And, um, and one day, this doctor, he, let me back up, this doctor worked very heavily with the gangs in Haiti. And if you don't know something, like, if you just want to look into something, just go Google about gangs in Haiti. It's pretty interesting. It's crazy. They're extreme. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to leave it there. But um, Dr. Marks worked heavily with them. One day, Dr. Mark came to me. He was like, Britt, Man, I'd really love for you to come help me. He said, I got to go do medical stuff in this gang area. He said, you know, you're, you're good enough with your Creole and you, you understand the culture enough. I think you would really help me if you can come. And I was like, 
Dr. Mark, I've been preparing for this since I was born. Like, let's go. And, um, and so Dr. Mark takes me, and, and we go, but on the way, he's like, Britt, we got to stop and pick up somebody. And for the sake of the story, we're going to call his name Junior. All right? So he's like, Britt, we got to pick up Junior. And I'm like, okay, pick up Junior. And we get, to the, we get to this street corner, and the guy's standing on the street. And let me tell you something about Junior. Junior's an interesting fella. Junior was born in Haiti, but went to the States as an infant, illegally in the States. Somehow he made it up, got involved in some pretty bad stuff, like very bad stuff, started selling some pretty crazy stuff, got caught when he was in his 30s selling this stuff, and they said, either you spend life in prison in the States or we'll send you back to Haiti. All right, well, Junior went back to Haiti. When he got back to Haiti, he got involved with some pretty sketchy dudes, all right? And so, but Junior speaks perfect English because he's, you know, he grew up in America until he's 30s. So we pick up Junior, and, uh, and Junior, for whatever reason, he got in the back of the car. And so Dr. Mark, or the doctor and I were sitting in the front of the car, and um, we go, and, 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 and he says, okay, turn right here, turn right here. And all of a sudden, we turn right off the main road, and just these guys just step in front of us and block the car. And we're like, okay, all right, all right, all right, all right. And they just kind of stand there, and you're like, hmm. This is one of those things where you're like, okay, yeah. It's like, it's like well, man, we are sticking out badly. And, um, it, and so the cool thing is they come up to the window, and we're like, hey, uh, we're, with, we're with Junior. We're with Junior. And the whole time, Junior's just in the back, just like, just sitting. And so we're like, we're, as soon as we said we're with Junior, they, oh, they're like, oh, okay, you're, you're with Junior. Come on through. And then we go, and we just go to another block. And guess what? Guys step in front of the, in front of the vehicle and like, and they're like, and then second, oh, we're with Junior, we're with Junior. And it was like, it was honestly like, I don't even watch Lord of the Rings, but it was like going into the depths of Mordor. It's what I felt like. All right. But with every, with every, with every section deeper, I, by the end of it, I was like, I had gotten used to the authority. And I, by the end of the last day, I was like, junior, junior. And so they just let us through. And so the cool thing about this, guys, is there was nothing about what I had done, about who I was, but it was everything about what Junior had done and who he is, right? We, I was walking with a new freedom and a new confidence, not because of the language I could speak or the medical knowledge I knew, but because of who Junior is and what Junior had done, all right? And so as we go through, the, the deeper, the more I walked in that authority, the more freedom and confidence I had to be able to do what I had to do. Now, obviously, the analogy breaks down at a certain point because Junior did a lot of different things than Christ did to get his authority, okay? Um, but it's, the idea is authority transfer, okay? That's very important. So when Jesus says this, then Jesus came in and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, so that's the, almost the, 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 the biggest part of that great commission is that part. It's like, man, we can go and make disciples of all nations because we're under the, his authority. We can walk in confidence because we're under his authority. Jesus has authority over all heaven and earth. All right, we could go on that for a long time. Um, but we'll go to the last part. All right, the last thing we're going to cover. Ooh, I'm doing good. The last thing we're going to cover is the, are the three attributes of a disciple. So when you study into, when you study into Jesus' 12 disciples, and you look and you say, okay, what can we pull out of them? What can we pull out of them? What you basically find out is they are fat guys. All right? They are fat. In, 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 in crew, what we say is they're faithful, available, teachable. Okay? Sometimes people put an R in there, but for tonight, we're going to say 
Faithful, available, teachable. What are y'all laughing at? It's wrapped. I don't know what y'all are thinking. Okay? But they are faithful, available, and teachable. Um, and so let's just talk through that. So faithful. We hear that word all the time, but what does it mean? All right, well, I'll break it down for you. Basically, it means full of faith. Then what does that mean? What does faith mean? To me, faith is a trust that leads to a commitment regardless of the circumstances. Faith is a trust that leads to a commitment regardless of the circumstances. Okay? Now, some examples of this. If a spouse is faithful, they are trusting in their partner, and it's going to lead to a commitment regardless of the circumstances. Right? A boyfriend, a girlfriend. How about this one? If you are faithfully training for the ass half, that means you are training for it. You're trusting your training regardless of how you feel, regardless of the weather. If it's cold, if it's rainy, you're still going to train. But if you're like me and you're halfway training for the ass half, then it's probably not going to be that good. All right. So the second one, available. This might be the toughest one of the three for an American. Okay, it's funny. We are the most free country on earth, but we seem to have the least amount of free time than any other culture, all right, because we busy ourselves to death, all right? Our schedules, schedules. And that's, that's true for, for college students more than anything, okay? But available. Let me, let me tell you this. I'll, I'll go back to Haiti one more time with this. Is, uh, because that's, that's where I learned the most about faithful, available, teachable probably was over there. Well, there was, when I was over there, I was trying to disciple these guys and start, started hanging out with them. And so anytime I went and did something, if I was going to go to town or if I was going to go fishing or if I was going to go fix something, I just invited guys with me. All right, said, hey, you want to come help me weld this or help me fix this or help me go to, go to the town? Well, there was always this one dude named Lenick. He's one of my best friends now. Um, Lenick, who was always like, Britt, I'll go with you. Britt, I'll go with you. Britt, I'll go with you. And because of that, Man, we did some pretty awesome stuff, got to have some pretty cool experiences. And one day, hopefully, I can tell you about some of them. But one time in particular, all right, I'll speed through this story as quickly as I can. Essentially, Haiti was in a state of crisis. It still is. The gangs basically had taken over the roads, and they were in what they called petty lock, which is like the country was locked down. The gangs are like, we got control of the roads. They're trying to force the president's hand and make him do something. But you just don't go out on the roads. They say, you, you go on the road, you face the consequences. But for two hours on Sunday afternoon, they say, we're going to open it up. You go get your groceries, go get what you want. And, but if you're out after those two, two, two hours, you face the consequences. So there was a time during this two hours, all my, the Haitian guys with me, kind of my leaders there, they were like, Britt, let's go take food to our schools that we partner with. We'll, we'll zoom out there. Britt, you can just drive us, and you'll, you'll just be the driver. And I was like, great, let's go. Lennox came, obviously. And so we went, and we were, man, I felt like I was in like a little movie, NASCAR, when I was driving, dodging around these little roadblock things that were abandoned, because we were in the two hours, right? It's free. We got there, we got the food, it was great, we gave them the food, we were coming back, and for whatever reason, for whatever reason, they decided to block the road. We were still in the two hours, but they decided to block the road, so we ran into a bunch of guys, and it got heated really quickly, and, and basically a bunch of people surrounded the vehicle. All the guys in the, the Haitians on the, in, the, in the car with me were getting bombarded by this side and escalated. And on this side, and I was like, I'm just the driver. We're here because we love people and we want to help people. Like, like, and we just, I was talking, and Lennox was here, was talking. It's a miraculous story, I think. I can tell you that later. But essentially, we got out of there unharmed, unrobbed, nothing. 
made it home. Two days later, two days later, I was hanging out at this place. Uh, it, was, it was my little hangout spot. Basically, imagine Cali and Tito's thrown into the hood, all right? And that was like, that was like my little spot. Now I sit at Jittery Joe's Five Points. It's a big contrast. But like, that was my spot. And we were sitting there, and I was sitting there with Lennox, and guess who walks up? The guy, the, the gang guy who was surrounding the truck talking to us at the, that, that, you know, at that, in that situation. That guy comes up, and I'm sitting there with Lennox, and get, he, you know, he starts talking. He's like, well, what are you doing here anyways? Like, what are you doing here? And I get to talk to him, and, and we talk about God, and he's heavily voodoo. A lot of these, these gang dudes are in the, in the, in the voodoo, and, and start talking about this. We got to talking about church, and he was like, yeah, I've just, I've never, I've, I've always been, I like to smoke, I like to drink. I, they, you know, they don't accept me at the church, this and that. And I was like, well, bro, listen, I, I honestly don't think God cares about your smoking and stuff like that. What he wants is your heart, and he'll change all that other stuff. You know, he wants your heart, and he'll change it. And the guy was like, anyway, the whole conversation shifted, and he started to like, he's like, man, this is crazy. Like, I think God sent you specifically here just for this. Like he, and it was just this miraculous, like, you could tell his brain was turning. He's like, I really think God sent you here to tell me this. Long story short, basically, Lennox and I are riding home. Lennox looks at me, he's like, Britt, I didn't realize evangelism was that easy. I was like, Lennox, I didn't either. Um, <laughs> and it was, but the thing is, is because Lennox was available, Lennox experienced these things. In order for us to experience these things with God, we got to make ourselves available to God, okay? Um, now, lastly, teachable. This one might be, to me, the most important attribute. Available might have been the most mm, tough one for us to get here in the States, but teachable might be the most important. Michael, can I get uh, Matthew 11 up, please? So Matthew 11... I don't know why I'm looking in that. I'll look up here. Um, so this is, Matt, this is Jesus. He's speaking again. Famous passage. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the famous part. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay. There's a key part in there that we skip over a lot. Learn from me. Learn from me. Okay? The way that we can translate the word disciple best into our English language now is a learner. Okay? Follower works, but we think of Instagram. So learner is the much better word. And Jesus says, learn from me. We're called to be disciples of Christ. All right? At UGA, here at Crew, we say, hey, you're going to have a discipler, you know, it's going to be a human being. But the whole idea, if I'm discipling a guy, the only thing I'm doing is saying, hey, bro, follow Jesus. Like, I'm trying to get him right here, step out of the way and say, be a disciple of Jesus. That's the whole point. Learn from Jesus. Learn from Jesus. Why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Okay? And that's the last thing I want to wrap up with. Um, basically, Michael, can you put the last slide up with all? Well, I mean, we can start. Yeah, right there is fine. Essentially, guys, I'm at 28 minutes. I'm going to tell y'all basically what we went back through, and we'll, we'll summarize it with a practical takeaway. We talked about either it's true or it's not true. All right? If you've never thought about that before, that's a good thing to think about. Why, why do you believe this? Why are you here? Why are you coming here? Why are you in college? And if that stresses you out, find somebody older and talk to them. 
All right, that's, what, that's the reason we on staff do this. It's because we want to help you find that. We want to help you find why you're here, okay? Um, second part, um, and, and you can get, I'm not going to go through all this. You know, C.S. Lewis, it's an impossibility for it to be moderately important. We talked about, in a, in, a, in a Hebrew context, it's not just a passive believer, right? The idea of a disciple, we talked about what that is. Third point, a disciple is one who lives his life sharing in the divine authority transferred to him through Jesus, okay? So this is why we can go out. This is why we can go out with confidence. This is why we can go up and talk to a non-believer. This is why we can walk into a party and stay sober because we're there under divine authority, right? We're there because we've been given all the power we need to do whatever we need. Um, we could keep, I, I could start preaching on that again. All right, attributes, faithful, available, teachable, okay? And then the fifth one. Practical takeaways. And by the way, I did this like the teacher who gives you the, 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 the study guide with all the answers on it, so you can just kind of take a picture of it, and then you know exactly what we talked about all through class. So y'all feel free to take a picture. All right, but practical takeaways. Listen, who has he put into your life? Think about this. Who has he put into your life who needs to be made into a disciple? All right? So many times we associate that verse with like, go, go overseas, go to Haiti, Go to Africa. Go wherever. Like, No, who is he put into your life right now that needs to be made into a disciple? Who right now is a nominal Christian but needs to be made into a disciple? All right. How can you answer their questions for them to help them realize the weight of Christianity? Because everybody's got questions. I've got questions. We go around acting like we don't have questions. And we say, I guess, is it because we don't think there's answers? Like, there's answers. There's people who are very, very smart who've thought into these things. Now, not everything has a perfect answer, but there's ways to think about it. So answer the questions. Finally, this is, this is the main takeaway point. So if you've been sleeping, wake up, wake up. This is the point. Ultimately, our job on earth is not to find comfort in life. It's not to get a degree so that we can get a fancy job, so that we can pay, get money and, and, and work, make money, buy stuff, work, make money, buy stuff, and die. Right? That's depressing. Um, ultimately, our job is not comfort in life, it's to follow the rabbi. Okay, who is the rabbi? One, two, three. Jesus. Okay, good, 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 good. All right, it's to follow the rabbi. Why? Why? Because it leads to abundant life. It's kind of, it's actually a funny thing. Um, Matthew 16, 25. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That's not talking about biological life. That's not talking about martyrdom. Okay, that's talking about whoever wants to save their life or lose it, loses their life for me, will sign it. That's talking about their life of, of the flesh. That's talking about their life of materialism. Okay, so guys, I want to encourage you to follow the rabbi. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Father, I just thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for, uh, Lord, just giving me a voice to speak. Lord, I pray that through whatever I said or through whatever I babbled on about, Lord, I just pray that, uh, that it would speak to somebody's heart, Lord, that if there is something that was spoken to somebody's heart here tonight that just won't leave them, Lord, I pray that they would find somebody and talk about it, find somebody and, and, and to talk to about it. And Lord, I just pray ultimately that we would see the beauty and the goodness of, of you as a rabbi, Lord. We would, we would experience um, the joys of being a disciple of you. And just know that, that there's nothing else better in life, Lord. 
Just go with, go with us this week. Help us to see you more and more each day. I pray all this thing, this in your son's name. Amen.